The Air Attack with BC the Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. All right, what's up, guys? We are back on the Air Attack. Follow me, BC, on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio, divisional round of the playoffs in the NFL. Uh, we'll get to all of that, obviously, wild card weekend in the books. We'll recap, preview, do all that good stuff. Just got a chance to watch the new season of Dexter, which I never watched when it was on. I always heard there were people I knew that you know were, were really into it. Just watch the new season. Eh, okay. And, and the Ray Donovan movie, too, just came out over the weekend. I finally got a chance to watch that. Both of these shows are examples of what goes on in TV right now. Um, I'm going to try to be nice here. Sometimes less is more. And Dexter kind of went a couple seasons too long. Ray Donovan definitely went a few seasons too long. Once they moved Ray Donovan to New York, it was pretty much over. They just, and they also got into, they, they both became like very sort of like politically slanted and liberal and woke. And the Dexter series, I'm telling you, you if you watch the new Dexter, within like 15 minutes, you can check off like seven or eight boxes on your on your woke bingo card. It's like, here we we got an interracial couple. We'll check that out. Here's somebody in a wheelchair. Okay, here's the black guy who's the good guy. Okay, very good. Here's a white guy who's a goofball. Here's a white guy who's a rich, wealthy industrialist who doesn't give a shit about anybody. Here's a little stuff about the climate. Here's something about the environment. I mean, it's crazy. Within like the first 20 minutes of the series. So I would say it's worth watching. I didn't really love the way it started. I didn't necessarily love the way it ended, but the middle of it was kind of good. It was kind of like a... Really good sandwich on basically bread made out of tree bark. It was just kind of like, you know, get through the garbage, you get to the good stuff. The ending left a little to be desired. I don't know if there will be another season of Dexter. I'm pretty sure Ray Donovan is over too, but they kind of left them both open-ended. Ray Donovan, by the way, is a disgrace. What they did with Ray Donovan was, never mind the content, the story, whatever. It, it, it got a little weaker as time went on, but when you watch these shows, you don't realize, like, writers change, showrunners change, producers change, people have lives, they leave, you know, actors, actors leave. Uh, what's his name? Is leaving from uh, Billions. Bobby Axelrod. Who replaced him? Um, the guy for uh, Damian Lewis. The guy from Homeland. So they're going to continue Billions without him. We'll see how it is. The Office even went on after Michael Scott for a, for an, a year or two, right? Sometimes you just less is more, and you just want to go ahead and let it be what it was, let it end, and let it be a good thing. But Ray Donovan, they kept dragging it on and on and on. That's one thing. They left that series on a cliffhanger and then canceled it. Those dickheads at Showtime just canceled it because they want to put their politics shows or whatever on there. They want to go ahead and campaign for whatever, I guess, Joe Biden or whoever else, whatever they want to do over there. But they want to put all kinds of goofy new shows on. Hey, listen, finish what you started. If you're going to cancel the show, do it before you shoot the new season. What the hell's wrong with you people? That's why there was a Ray Donovan movie because Lee F. Schreiber went to them and said, listen, we can't do this to the people. This is not right. Otherwise, they were going to leave you all hanging. They don't give two shits about you over there at Showtime. So we think Ray Donovan is over. We think Dexter might be over, although there could be a spinoff there. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen there? Both were kind of thrown together and a little bit lazy, including in Dexter. I'm not going to ruin anything here, okay? I don't do spoilers. I'm not that kind of guy, okay? You can trust me here. But in, in Dexter, there is a scene where there's somebody in a certain part of the country who's supposed to be watching TV and you look at the weather forecast, and the weather forecast is clearly from another part of the country. <laughs> These guys who were doing the production are so fucking lazy. And, and the Dexter series, by the way, was beautiful to watch. I mean, there were some beautiful, beautifully shot scenes. It was supposed to take place in upstate New York. It wasn't shot there, but so what? I mean, just snowy and beautiful, really nice cinematography. The photography was really good. 
but my God, there was there were a couple holes in these stories and just lazy, lazy production value. Just really silly stuff. Guys sit in one part of the country and you're like, there's no way the forecast is from that part of the country. Plus, you knew the weatherman. <laughs> If you're from a certain area, you knew the weatherman and he's not from where this guy was sitting. So again, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to, I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff, but there were things you pick up if you're any kind of experienced viewer where you're like, what's going on here? So, Hey, listen, they wanted to cash in on the Dexter franchise, wanted to finish up the Ray Donovan thing. They did it. They're kind of like, okay, we did it. Leave us alone. Get off our backs. And that's sort of what it is. So worth checking out if you're fans of those series. Otherwise, yeah, you probably got something better to do. Anyway, let's get back to uh, planet earth here. Uh, Novak Djokovic out of the Australian open out of Australia, period. Once again, the dead sport of tennis is being talked about because of off-the-court drama uh, instead of Naomi Osaka this time, pretending she can't do five-minute pressers in between swimsuit shoots and TV ads. We now have the number one men's player being deported the day the tournament begins. A predictable, uh, if, if not unfortunate, end to this entire thing. I think once the immigration guy, and that's his official title, by the way, the immigration guy, said he might throw Djokovic out of the country anyway. I think we all knew where this was headed. That was the entire point. Uh, they basically admitted as much. They said they didn't want to let him stay and give their own people any ideas. I have news for Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, or anybody else in that government. I'm pretty sure your people are already on to you. Okay, I know some people have taken sides with the government and they want no, you know, that Djokovic to be thrown out of the country and he can never come back. Yeah, those people are sick. I'm sorry. You have something wrong with you. If you're really that you're really like that excited that he's getting tossed out of the country. Just answer me this. Why did they let him come there to begin with? Yeah, you can't answer that. You know why? Because they let him come there so they could they could go ahead and put on this performance for people like you. Okay, to delight in someone else's misfortune. Think real hard about what that says about you. I'm not part of Novak Djokovic's PR team. He doesn't give two shits about me. He doesn't know I exist, and that's fine. But the bottom line is what's right is what's, is what's right, and he spent a lot of money, and I think now he's suing them, and probably suing them for all the expense of getting over there. It's a joke. There, there's nothing. If you think that he's so dangerous, well, wait a second. He's got his whole entourage, his whole coaching team, his nutritionist, all the people, his publicists, all those people who are around him are coming into your country. Well, wait a second. If he's so dangerous why'd you even let him land i mean if he's so toxic if he if he is so if he is just that that much of a of a health hazard why is he even allowed to land on a plane there so that you could put on this stunt it's the most obvious thing in the world to those of us who have a brain and for all of you telling me well wait a second all the other players got vaccinated first of all no they all didn't okay but but in, in terms of everyone else did it well all the other players give interviews but Naomi Osaka didn't want to give interviews last year at Roland Garros or at Wimbledon. And all I heard was, well, gee, her mental health is so important. What a hero. Get well. Get well, Naomi. Oh, my God. Get well. It's bullshit. She had no problem doing TV ads. She had no problem doing the, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. But all of a sudden, she can't do five or ten minutes with the press, with the media afterwards, as the world's number one player, as the world's highest paid female athlete. She can't just take the time to talk to a couple reporters because, OMG, I don't like it. Give me a break. Pick one. So some of you just basically cannot, you just, basically you just want to be part of a team. You don't really want to think things through. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to drag Novak Djokovic all the way over there just to lock him up, unless you have some sort of political agenda, and that's exactly what it is. Now, the French Open, they already said they're not going to play ball with him. That's it. He doesn't get vaxxed. He's not playing. Wimbledon's different because now Boris Johnson announced yesterday no more mask policy, no more vaccine policy, no more vaccine passports. I don't know how that applies to sports. I'm actually not quite sure. We'll, have to, we'll just have to see about that. For the U.S. Open, 
okay, in New York in August into early September. You know, Kyrie Irving still can't play home games at the Barclays Center because of this ridiculous goofball rule that they have in New York City. Some thought that when Eric Adams took over as mayor, he might get rid of that rule, but he has not at this point. So Kyrie Irving still can't play home games. Is Djokovic going to be able to play the U.S. Open in Queens? They have three stadiums there with retractable roofs. So what happens if you're playing a match, and next thing you know, you get a pop-up thunderstorm? Are they going to suspend the match? Are they going to let him play? Is that going to go over well? COVID is still a huge part of politics in New York City. It's still a huge part of politics in New York State. It's ridiculous how much how much theater there is around this stuff, but that's pretty much all these politicians have to offer you that, or they could you know mention some stuff about race. It's the same tired routine over and over. Bottom line, if you can't tell that this whole thing with Djokovic is an act, and it's an act for stupid people, I'm sorry, and also for bad people, I'm sorry to tell you this, but again, if you can't acknowledge that maybe this is getting ridiculous, you may have a little bit of an integrity problem yourself. I'm sorry. You have either an intelligence issue or you have an honesty issue, and you got to pick one. If you notice something, the NFL had no players missing this weekend from COVID. Did you notice that? You know why? Because the NFL knows by now that it's going to be fine. There's not going to be any kind of backlash. They don't have to be so strict with the testing, okay? And it's become a theme around the world. This sort of defiant labeling of unvaccinated people as some sort of freaks, okay? It's a joke. The guy from Canada did it. The guy from France did it. They made complete fools of themselves. Things are coming to a head. Not so much in Canada. They don't seem to really... Pretty much in Canada, it's like you can do whatever you want to them. In France, you want to talk about things boiling over. That's why the UK relented, because the UK doesn't want what's happening in France happening over there. They don't want people mobbing the streets. What's the point of all these rules that people are just going to mob the streets anyway? I mean, think about it. You don't need a vaccine pass to be in the street, but you're going to mob the street. Once again, where have we heard this before? People mobbing the streets, shoulder to shoulder, mouth to mouth, screaming at the top of their lungs. Okay? So you're just going to end up spreading whatever it is anyway. The reality is we know more now than we did about the vaccines. You know, more than you knew about the virus itself. You got new variants. Eventually, we have to move on from some of this stuff. And just now in America, the media is starting to give in about natural immunity. So it turns out Aaron Rodgers isn't the worst guy in the world after all. And maybe he was onto something. And maybe children don't need this vaccine shoved down their throats, okay? Or into their arms, as it were. So you'll have to forgive me if I don't take seriously the people comparing Martin Luther King to Colin Kaepernick, okay? Give me a break with some of this stuff. It's a joke. It's a performance. And what happened at the Australia Open was just wrong, flat out. Novak Djokovic will be fine. There's bigger problems in the world. But for the people who are actually applauding this, you know what? You got to have your heads examined, bottom line. My God. You also had, just to give you an idea of what goes on in New York City, you had another woman shoved in front of the subway on Saturday in Times Square right in front of the subway by some deranged lunatic. That same day, the mayor of New York City is walking around talking about how we have to reduce the fleet of vehicles in New York City and more of my employees are going to have to use the subway. Like, maybe just wait a day, dude. (laughs) Maybe just give it a day. And the woman happened to be Asian, okay? It would be tragic no matter who it happened to, but, you know, hey, listen, Asian. You know what comes up? Stop Asian hate. Huge rally, signs, screaming, chanting. Like, yeah, okay, we'll stop Asian hate. But also, maybe just stop pushing anyone in front of the subways. How about that? No offense, Asian people, but I want in on this too. I want in on all of this, okay? I don't want to get shoved in front of a subway. Even when I go to the city, which is rare, but sometimes I do have to be in New York. And when I do, if I'm near a subway, my head is on a swivel. I, I promise you that, okay? How, I mean, how do you think the average woman feels walking around New York City knowing this is going on left and right? You think the white girls are like, oh, there's a pack of Japanese tourists 20 feet that way. He'll pick them. No, no, everyone is scared. But stop Asian hate is a lot easier to say than, hey, you know what? I think we need more cops and we're not doing a good job here. So... 
That's what goes on in New York City. New York City's got, got problems. It was MLK Day on Monday. Uh, usually the NBA would go wire to wire, you know, starting around noon, 1 o'clock, and just have games running all day and all night, except the NFL decided to put a playoff game this year on Monday night. So the NBA was like, all right, it's enough of that. So that whole, I have a dream, you know, let's honor the guy, let's pay tribute to him, national TV. No, not so much this year. Once the NFL was going to get in the way, and once they heard from advertisers that they weren't going to get quite as much money for putting those games in those slots, the NBA is like, all right, we'll do it some other time. No big deal. Just to show you how much the NBA really cares. Uh, Notre Dame went and played Howard and played like they were doing Howard a favor. That's pretty much how they showed up. You knew that was going to be an awkward situation, right? You've got one of the whitest Power 5 programs in college basketball going into an HBCU on national TV. So hopefully Howard got a nice payday out of it. But, I mean, Notre Dame just kind of went through the motions there. Ended up winning by three. They're lucky they won. They could have actually lost that game. I think they were favored by, like, 11. I'm sure I'm sure that was a money burner for the public on MLK Day. But, yeah, as soon as the NFL puts up a, their own playoff game, the NBA is like, all right, see you later. Forget it. Because I know they can't compete ratings-wise. So that just goes to show you how much the NBA really, really cares about some of this social stuff that they claim to care so much about. Um, on that note, you had one of the minority owners of the Golden State Warriors. Now, I have a hard time pronouncing his name, so I'm going to get a little help here. I think it's Chamath. Is it Chamath? Hold on a second. Let's see here. Chamath Palyapitiya. I'm sorry. What's that? Chamath Palyapitiya. Okay, that guy. He runs a fund called Social Capital, whose mission statement, and I quote you, solving the world's biggest problems. Ah, except when it comes to China and human rights abuses and the way they the treat the Uyghur population over there literally comes out and says he doesn't care it's below his line tried doing spin control later and saying of course it matters of course i care of course it's a big deal it's wrong nah sorry we heard you the first time pal sorry a lot of times with people their initial reaction is really how they feel and it's really what they think if you ever need something if you ever like been in a situation where like you're in a jam and you really need someone to help you their initial reaction is probably the way you can gauge them and where you stand with them and what kind of person they are. That's just how it is. And maybe you've done stuff for them. Maybe you've helped them out in the past. This could be a friend. This could be someone you date, anybody, whoever it is. When they need something, oh, yeah, no problem. Hey, listen, hey, I'm here for you. But then when you need something, it's like, eh, let me think about it. Hey, listen, that's just how it is. Sometimes life is not really a two-way street. It just, it's, you know, sometimes there's give and take and you're with people who are just takers and that's it. And this guy's a taker. That's what he is. Chamat Papliatua, however you pronounce his name, is a taker. He actually tried playing the refugee card. Oh, you know what? My family fled a bad place. Well, wait a second. If that's the if that's the case, where is your heart? Where's your compassion? Where's your empathy? Or where's your ability just to keep your mouth shut? Nope. Nope. He's got to basically defiantly, defiantly tell people, yeah, I just don't care. Look how smug I am. Look how arrogant I am. Look at, look at me. Yeah, I'm worth 10 figures. Look at me. I can do whatever I want. I can say horrible things about people. I'll just correct it later on. So uh, once again, whether it's the NBA or Silicon Valley. You know, Silicon Valley, the TV show on HBO, there was this scene in one of the first episodes where, like, all of these founders and these venture capitalists are like, you know, we're making the world a better place. Like, everyone who was pitching their little app or their, their, their pet project, we're making the world a better place. That's what this guy's doing. He literally runs a fund that says he's solving the world's biggest problems. Well, here's a problem. You've got basically modern-day slaves. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, good. Thanks, pal. I appreciate the honesty. I will at least say that. Now, let's get to the gambling. Wildcard weekend wraps up. Three-day weekend uh, this time. I think that was kind of a good idea, although I was a little bit exhausted by Monday, but uh, it is what it is. Not your best weekend of football. I think you have a nice slate coming up for the divisional round, but this was not your you know, highest quality NFL football, but it's going to happen when you have, when you have six playoff games. 
Bengals 26-19 over the Raiders. You had an early fumble by Derek Carr. It's probably the only thing that kept me off of the under in this game was the fact that you had two quarterbacks that actually are pretty good at giving the ball up. You can say, well, Joe Burrow's the greatest guy. Hey, listen, Joe Burrow's got talent, but Joe Burrow's offensive line is not the greatest, and I've seen him slop it up this year. And just because he had that big game against the Chiefs, I think a lot of you became very enamored with him. And, uh, and you know, basically the long ball to Jamar Chase and, and the receivers there, Hey, listen, the Raiders could have won this game. The Raiders kind of got the, the bad end of this by having to play on Sunday night and then play the very first playoff game. To be honest with you, if there was any justice, the NFL would have let the Raiders play on Monday night. And that's kind of a traditional thing anyway, right? Like Raiders Monday night. Why not just do that? Now they didn't want to do that. They, uh, they put them in the first game. Obviously, a disadvantage there. Josh Jacobs was able to run all over this Cincinnati defense. And Joe Burrow had a day. Yeah, Joe Burrow was okay. I mean, it, wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't the greatest performance. What they basically decided with, with Cincinnati in this game was they were going to get rid of the football. They weren't going to let the Raiders and Max Crosby and those guys tee off on their franchise quarterback. And it worked out well for them. They win 26-19. Obviously, they go play in Nashville on this Saturday. Bills 47-17 to all over the Patriots. Remember when Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick thought it would just be hilarious to run the ball? I think it was 46 times in that Monday night game. We're just going to run it and run it and run it and make a spectacle and make a mockery of the game. Well, you know what? I remember that, and I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Bills remember that as well. This was just an all-out assault. 27-3 at halftime. You got a late field goal in the first half just to get something on the board for the Patriots. Mac Jones was slow early. I didn't think he was that bad, actually. I thought he actually got a little better as the game went on, considering the conditions, too. I mean, it was frigid, frigid cold there. That's a kid from Florida who played at Alabama. We've been through this before. I thought he actually handled himself okay. The Bills were unstoppable. The Patriots were not stopping this team. This was a clinic and basically a, uh, a spectacle from Brian Dayball and the Bills coaching staff and the Bills players, too. 47-17, uh, to 17. and if that road is going to go through Buffalo in years to come, we'll see. Um, they're going to have to do something in New England to figure out, for their, figure out a way for their quarterback to play a lot better, and we'll see if their offensive coordinator even lasts. He might be uh, off to be a head coach somewhere pretty soon. Who knows? The Bucks 31-15 over the Eagles. Now, I want to say something about the Sunday games here. The Cowboys fans made fools of themselves in their stadium. The Eagles fans, you guys made absolute fools of yourselves on social media, and you went down to Tampa, and this was inevitable. There was no possible way this wasn't going to happen. You went down to Tampa, and of course there were fights in the stands because that's what you do. That's what you bring to the table. Then on social media, you guys are all over the place bitching about the refs. I got, I mean, I was bombarded by Eagles fans. I made a simple mistake. There was a holding call, okay, on Kelsey from the Eagles. He happened to be 10 yards downfield. I didn't realize that. It was a screen pass to Dallas Go. I, I probably should have noticed. I was up and about doing things. If you must know, I was actually buttering a bagel, okay? I'm entitled to butter a bagel. I was running around doing stuff that day. I, I, just, I just was trying to get some, some stuff done. I had multiple TVs going, and I happened to miss the fact that the holding call was downfield. Two-minute warning happens. They come back, and it's first and 10 from the same spot. If it had just been like first and 12, I would have said, oh, okay, the hold was downfield. It was first and 10 again from the same spot. I know what the rule is. If it's a hold at the line, obviously it goes back 10 yards. But if it's downfield, it's a spot foul. I know the rules. I had Eagles fan after Eagles fan telling me never tweet about football, telling me I'm a moron, telling me I'm stupid, telling me I'm ugly, telling me I'm... No, no, you're stupid. You're st I'm not stupid. You're stupid. And I'm going to tweet about football because you know what? When I tweet, usually it gives out winners. So I'm not going to not tweet because your dumbass doesn't know what you're talking about. You don't know who I am because your team sucks. Okay? This is a 9-8 and eight football team, guys. A 9-8 and eight football team. And let me tell you something. Even at that 9-8, and eight, you didn't exactly knock them dead with the resume of wins you put together. And you know what? I'll prove it to you right now. Want to hear who the Eagles beat? For their nine wins this year, do you want to hear it? Let's go backwards, okay? The Washington football team, okay, 20-16 to 16 you got by them. 
20 to 16 at Washington, and you had to survive, if I'm not mistaken, a last second drive there. You beat the Giants, who quit weeks ago, 34 to 10. You, you, you beat Washington by 10 with a journeyman quarterback they had to call, I think, the night before because they were all coveted out. The week before that, you beat the New York Football Jets. The week before that, you lost at the New York Football Giants. The week before that, you beat the Saints, but the Saints were all banged up in that game. There's no Jameis Winston. Trevor Simeon was your starting quarterback. No Alvin Kamara. And, the, and basically, let me see here. The Saints made turnovers in this game. Didn't they? Yeah, three to one. The Saints made a bunch of blunders that got you that win. But no problem. No problem. You beat the Saints. Congratulations. You beat an almost playoff team. Good for you. That's your crowning achievement so far as we wind our way back. You went into Denver and beat the Broncos, who are about as dysfunctional of a football team as it gets. Okay, with Drew Locke. And actually, that wasn't Drew Locke. That was, uh, that was Teddy Bridgewater still. Vic Fangio, who's on his way out. You lost 27-24 at home to the Chargers, who could be a good team, but we all know they're not. Oh, here's a big win. You went into Detroit and you beat the Lions. There you go. The Detroit Lions. No one beats them. You lost to the Raiders the week before, also dysfunctional. You lost to the Bucks 28-22 at home. You went in and you beat the Carolina Panthers 21-18. 21-18 against the Carolina Panthers. You averaged 4.5 yards a play. Wow. Boy. Take your crown, Kings. You lost to the Chiefs, Cowboys, and Niners before that. In opening week, you beat the Falcons 32-6 with a brand-new head coach. Explain to me where your signature win is, Eagles fans. Grow up. You weren't going to win that game. And if you follow me on Twitter, BCAK, the man, I was on the, the Bucks in that game as a teaser leg. I thought that was easy. And I said on the show, I, I like them minus the points if they weren't so banged up the way they were. But that spot was too big for that team. That team is just, that team's not that good. They're okay. I mean, they're on the come up, maybe, I guess. You know, they're, they're getting better. They, you know, they got a new coach. Maybe, maybe Jalen Hurts is your guy. I don't know. You kind of have some talent at receiver. But you're all banged up on the offensive line. Your defense is average at best. You're, you're, I mean, that's on a good week, too. So give me a break. Where are your expectations? And Cowboys fans the same way. The Cowboys, and I understand this, guys. You can only play the teams that's, that's right in front of you. You can only play the schedule that they give you in the league. The Cowboys aren't that good. The Cowboys are going crazy about the reps. How about you don't hold? You guys average 4.4 yards of play against the Niners. They're a decent defense, but 4.4 yards of play. Take it up with your coach. Ezekiel Elliott gets 12 carries, 2.6 yards a carry. 2.6. My God. When are you going to learn with this guy? I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not a very well-run organization. It's just not. Offensive line is all banged up. I mean, my goodness. Your quarterback got hit 14 times. 1-4, four, 14. I'm not kidding. Five sacks, three tackles for loss, and 14 quarterback hits for the San Francisco 49ers. Your team's just not that good. Now, everybody wants to talk about that last play at the end with Dak and the run play. It was actually quite brilliant if you had just a little more time. It actually, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it put you in like the best case scenario. One last heave from the 20-yard line. The problem was that Dak didn't understand the rule and he went and put the ball down himself. It's not soccer, guys. You don't get to do that. The official, I believe it's the umpire, has to touch the football and that's just how it is. He didn't know that. There was chaos. They bumped into each other and that prevented him from getting, getting a snap off to spike the football and having just one more shot. But stop acting like that's what cost the Cowboys the game. Come on. I mean, come on, there's a lot, there's 59 minutes and 46 seconds of game time before that, which is why they were behind. They just, they just didn't play quite that well. They had opportunities. And to be honest with you, Jimmy Garoppolo gave him more of those opportunities, okay, by, by missing wide open guys, by not leading guys uh, properly, and, and, and basically cost his team at least one or two scores. He just did. 
And the Cowboys weren't up to the task. That's how it is. That defense isn't that good. They want to they want to go and interview Dan Quinn for head coaching jobs now. Oh my goodness. You know, I'll give you I'll tell you what Dan Quinn about the secret to his success was this year on defense. Micah Parsons and then Trayvon Diggs picking off everything in sight for the first half of the year. That's what that's where Dan's Dan Quinn's success lies. Okay, and a bunch of monsters on the defensive line. You think he's some kind of great defensive coach? Did you miss? Do you think he's a great head coach? Did you miss what happened in Atlanta for those years? Mike, they didn't play a lick of defense on those teams. Not a drop. You think he's going to go and fix your team? Go ahead, hire him. Oh, please. So the Cowboys, to me, were vastly overrated. Did you forget the division they played in all year? Come on now. Give me a break. But you're going to start throwing stuff at the refs? What happens when you miss the officials and you hit some girl who does social for, uh, for the NFL? What happens when you hit one of the Cowboys cheerleaders? Okay, give me a break. What happens when you hit one of the players? You guys are crazy. And Dak Prescott saying that after the game. is He's got to grow up. I'm sorry. But talking about a credit to the fans if they were throwing stuff at the at the officials. Come on now. I mean, you got to. I understand that you're upset that you just lost. You have to be. You have to act like a man. I, I, I'm sorry, but you just do. You have got to act like an adult. You cannot. You cannot by any means condone your goofball fans throwing shit out of the stands at anybody. My good. You're supposed to be a captain. You're supposed to be a leader. Act like it. Uh, the night game, Chiefs and Steelers uh, went pretty much the way you thought it was going to. 42 to 21. Um, both these offenses really struggled early. They, I mean, they really did. It was really tough. The Steelers got one score on a T.J. Watt fumble recovery. Um, obviously, the Chiefs were able to open things up in the second quarter, and then you sort of cap it off that long touchdown to Kelsey. Uh, the game never really felt like it was going to be competitive after that, and, uh, and that's how it was. 7.4 yards a play for the Chiefs. The Steelers' defense isn't very good. They're in rebuild mode. To be honest with you, the Steelers probably would have been better off missing the playoffs and you know creeping up a couple of playoff spots or draft spots, excuse me. They weren't going to do that to Ben Roethlisberger and in his final year. They just weren't going to do it. They got some pieces there, but they need to get better on the offensive line. They do, have, they do have to get much, much better on defense, even if they have some big names on that unit. Now, the final game of the weekend on Monday night, Rams and Cardinals. What a disaster for Arizona. What a no-show. What a gutless effort by not just Kyler Murray, but his coach, too. Cliff Kingsbury put this team in zero position to win. I thought the play calling was absolute garbage. The offensive line could have been much better, but I I'm sorry. You've got a quarterback that can run like the wind. In the first two matchups against the Rams, Kyler Murray ran for a total of 100 yards. Cliff Kingsbury had him run twice in this game, and I'm pretty sure both of those were scrambles out of the pocket. He was just running for his life. The, the scheme was absolutely terrible. The energy was just non-existent from the Cardinals. Kyler Murray can't make, he cannot make standard NFL throws. He has a flair for the dramatic. He can run, he can, he can maybe engineer a comeback in the fourth quarter against the soft defense. He cannot consistently make NFL throws, and I'm sorry, his height is an issue. But if his height's going to be an issue, move him around. They had him dropping straight back, three-step, five-step drops, and he's just standing there and staring against Aaron Donald. What do you think? He's never going to get there, Kyler? What are you doing? What is going on here? That was a joke of a performance. That was embarrassing. And I'm telling you right now, if I'm the Cardinals, I don't sign him. I do not exercise that option for 2023. Make him earn it in 2022. He wants to sit out. You know what? Get rid of him. Go trade him somewhere. Go bring him to Sean Watson. Trade him to, trade him to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Go ahead. And if I were a Cardinals ownership, i put Cliff Kingsbury on notice. One more of those and you're gone. I don't care if even if even if it happens in the playoffs. Another one of those, and you are done. This team went into Detroit and pulled a no-show in December. The week after that, they showed up on Christmas night at home against a Colts team that had no offensive line. Again, a no-show. A total no-show. Just like they had someplace better to be. Okay? Showed a little bit of hope against the Cowboys. They lose at home to Russ Wilson. I knew Russ was going to show up with the Seahawks because it might be his last game with them. You knew that was going to be a tough one. 
but then they just come in basically going through the motions on Monday night against the Rams. Awful. I mean, just absolutely outclassed in every single way, shape, and form. So the Cardinals rightfully are going home. Now, this weekend, we should have a better brand of football. It is, after all, the second round, the divisional round. You get the number one seeds in there, and you get one of them on uh, Saturday afternoon. The Titans minus three and a half, total of 47 against the Bengals. I would expect the, uh, the scoreboard to be active in this game. A couple reasons here. You've got the, the Titans who can move the football, obviously, a number of different ways. Derrick Henry looks like he's coming back. Uh, that is bad news for the Bengals. Not that the Titans can't run without him, but he just makes it worse. The Bengals' rush defense was terrible against Brandon Jacobs. They were awful a couple weeks ago against the Chiefs. I mean, they're just getting lit up on the ground. The Bengals' defense is improved, and a lot of people want to kind of point to that as, as progress. And Okay, no problem, but they're still not that great. Okay, They're improved from what was one of the most dreadful NFL defenses you'll ever see. They're still near the, near the bottom in terms of explosive pass rate and explosive rush rate. Okay, so just pump the brakes a little bit on heaping this much praise on the Bengals' defense. It's better. It's better than it's been. They're going to face a very good offensive line this week. They're going to have trouble getting to Ryan Tannehill, and I think Tennessee will really be able to move the football this weekend. And I mean and I mean early, and I mean often. Now, do I think Joe Burrow will have some success against that Tennessee secondary? Yeah, I mean, that Tennessee, you know, the Titans had a hard time containing Davis Mills in Week 18 in a game they had to win to preserve uh, the number one seed. I mean, it wasn't like that was just like a go-through-the-motions Week 18 game. That wasn't what that was. They needed that game to keep the number one seed and keep uh, and keep the Chiefs out of there. So uh, Davis Mills went for 300 yards in that game. The, the, the Houston Texans put up 25 points. I mean, that, that's, not, that's not good defense. 6.3 yards of play from the Texans. That's not quality defense. And they've been a little bit vulnerable, like I said, in the secondary. Joe Burrow with those three receivers, now the tight end that they're starting to, to work into the mix a little more. A little bit of an innovative coach. I think these teams go back and forth. It's going to be chilly there. It will be a clear night. And you know what? We're on this game. Let's go with the over here. Over 47 in the Titans and the Bengals. That's going to be the first pick we give out. Actually, that's going to be the only pick we give out today. It might be something else later in the week. You'll have to check on Twitter. Obviously, at BCAK, the man, as always, it will be up in plenty of time if we have something there. Uh, the night game, San Francisco and Green Bay. This is tricky. Green Bay's up to a six-point favorite now. I think that's really a function of the fact that you don't know if Nick Bosa can play. Uh, Fred Warner is iffy. He says he's going to play. Now, you know, a lot of guys say that, but he claims he's going to play. You have all kinds of injuries at the uh, linebacker position for the Niners right now. The Niners kind of squeaked by the Cowboys. To me, they should have won that game by multiple scores. Uh, that, that's, just, that's just how I feel about it. The problem here is Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just what it comes down to. It's a tired argument. It's a boring argument. He's just not that good. I mean, he really is just not that good, and he missed wide-open throws. He missed a throw to Ayuk that probably could have been a touchdown with an accurate throw. He had a bad interception in this game. It just seems to be a pattern with him. Now you go into Lambeau Field, night game. It's going to be in the single digits. How much can Kyle Shanahan sort of shield uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in this situation, use the running game, use the short passing game? I, I don't quite know. I mean, you're looking at maybe Zedaria Smith coming back here, maybe Jairi Alexander coming back in the secondary for, uh, for Green Bay. We all saw that game on Christmas where the Browns just ran the ball right down their throats. That's obviously a concern. And these two teams already played this year uh, once. So there were a lot of points in that game. If not for the weather, I would expect a lot of scoring again. But just be careful with that. You're talking about, again, single digits. You know, how much does Kyle Shanahan want to have Jimmy Garoppolo slinging the ball around when it's going to be slick and his thumb is, is still not 100%? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But a fun game, I think, on Saturday night in Green Bay. Rams and Bucks on Sunday afternoon. The Bucks are minus three. It totals 48 and a half. That total might be just a little bit on the high side, if you ask me. Um, the Bucks do like to go quite slowly. 
Tom Brady doesn't like to get hit. You just saw his big right tackle go down last Sunday. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. He'll probably try to play, but if last Sunday was any indication, he's not going to be able to be, I mean, nearly as effective as he needs to be to be in there. Uh, Brady, as we know, does not like to get touched, much less hit. I would expect a uh, just sort of a short passing barrage from the Bucks. That would obviously... Uh, you know, lead one to believe the clock will be running quite a bit in this game. Leonard Fournette might be back. Levante David is questionable again. I think he'll be fine. You have issues in the secondary with the Rams. Taylor Rapp is still questionable. Still, I think he's dealing with a concussion. Uh, Jordan Fuller is out for the year. So both starting fa- safeties could once again be missing. They were missing on Monday night. A lot of good it did the Cardinals. Then again, nothing did the Cardinals much good uh, on Monday night with that game plan. So we're not bitter, though. That's okay. So, uh, look, with the Tampa Bay team likes to kind of get after the quarterback, the Rams offensive line has been a little bit shaky of late. You know, it used to be one of the best in football. It just hasn't been that great this year. Andre Whitworth seems to be kind of getting picked on a little bit. I think both teams could kind of get after the quarterback here. And it could be tough to get passes downfield. They may have to offset that with some screen passes, some runs. So 48.5 to me just seems a little bit in the high side. Then again, you do have a lot of offensive talent, even with the guys missing for Tampa Bay. So a good one to start on Sunday and then Sunday night. Bills, Chiefs, Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, every year you hear these two guys mentioned as possible head coaching candidates. Looks like Dayball's getting a very long look from the New York Giants. That could be a good fit there with all of their weapons with Saquon and Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney and all these guys. You know, Daniel Jones actually making use of him, running kind of a quarterback who can run. Does that sound kind of familiar? And then Eric Bieniemy, who basically is uh, is talked about. With regards to head coaching vacancies every year, never seems to get hired, and everyone says it's racist. I don't know. I, I kind of think that Eric Bieniemy is in a great place in Kansas City, and is, it is the clear, clear heir apparent to Andy Reid. I don't know how long Andy Reid's going to be staying in Kansas City, but I don't know if it's occurred to some of you, but it's quite possible that Eric Bieniemy does, and that's why he doesn't get these jobs, because he kind of makes it clear that he's good where he is. Anyway, these two guys, I would expect to have something special for you to watch on Sunday night. Obviously, we expect a lot of points. You got a total of 55. The line is down right now to Kansas City minus two. I look at it like this. If you get the good Josh Allen, you will not stop Buffalo in this game. Kansas City will not stop that. I think Buffalo's defense is a little bit overrated too. But from what I've seen from Kansas City's defense of late, you know, I, I just don't see a way they slow this team down. They already played once this year. I mean, the Bills were up and down the field. It was a different time of year. You can't always go by what happened in September or October. The Chiefs weren't playing a lick of defense early on. They had guys on their offensive line that were still missing. I mean, there's a, there a whole bunch of stuff going on. Patrick Mahomes, I think, came into the season very, very distracted. Newborn kid, a girlfriend, uh, fiance, I should say, who is, let's say, a bit of a handful. A brother who, if the fiance is a handful, I'm not quite sure what to make of him. You could make a case that the Chiefs really kind of kind of waltzed into this season and didn't really have a lot of energy. Uh, you, you could make that case. When you go to two Super Bowls in a row, it's, it's kind of likely to happen, especially with a young team. Now, you just found out, uh, I, I just found out a couple minutes ago, Willie Gay, linebacker for the Chiefs, was arrested last night. Not sure what he was up to, but apparently some sort of destruction of property charge. You want to keep an eye on that. He might not be available. I think, now look, I, it's easy to say the Bills rolled the Patriots and they're going to keep rolling and everything else. I just think this sets up well. I just think this is a soft Chiefs defense if you do get a dialed in Bills team they're going to be very dangerous in this game that the total in this game is 55 might want to look at a Bills team total over here although that is listen it is lofty I mean it's up there you're gonna have to you have to get them at 26 and a half 27 something like that I believe though with the Bills getting two points they make a very attractive teaser leg tease the Bills up to plus eight find something else you like maybe the Packers at a pick maybe the Niners plus 12 something along those lines maybe the Rams plus nine I don't know I'm not quite there yet I have I've not fired on that game I haven't fired in the first game yet but I will 
But um, when I do, you will know about it if you follow me on Twitter at BC, AK the man. Obviously, picks will be up in plenty of time before these playoff games. So enjoy this weekend. A very good slate set. And that's it. That's all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter at BC, AK the man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, The Air Attack with BC the man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with Lace. Here's all right, all right. I am BC the man. I will see you guys next week on The Air Attack. Straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. I 
See you running clean, girl.